Mediated Conversation on SAFM. Yesterday we had a very important conversation. You would remember the Chief Technology Officer of K-Squared Group, Gegele Tokena, who is uh, circulating a petition that has gathered more than 6,000 signatures uh, that they'll submit to the Department of Health, asking them to compel medical practitioners or medical professionals to report uh, minority pregnancies, that's to say um, pregnant minors, to report those pregnancies to the police so that a statutory rape or a rape investigation can ensue and so that arrests can happen. This, of course, because many, um, in fact, some data proves that most teenage pregnancies in South Africa are as a result of statutory rape. Uh, And they then ask that this be in line with what the Department of Education is doing, in that when there's a pregnant uh, teenager who is a minor in a school environment, that they all, that what educators and the school should be doing is to report that to the Department of Health, uh, Department of Education for for record-keeping purposes and data collection purposes, but also so that that the perpetrators can be brought to book. Uh, I'm going to speak in a very, very short while to Advocate Brenda Matumise, uh, who's the director of the Collective Wise, as well as Marion Stevens, the director for the Sexual and Reproductive Justice uh, Coalition in a short while. But I want you to have a listen at this conversation I had with uh, Kekele Tokena yesterday. I think the policy should be framed in the same way that the existing one uh, is framed. And I'm referring to the one that was... um, um, introduced by the Department of Education that compels uh, educators to make pregnancies of minors a notifiable incident. So if a student shows up pregnant in school, then the teachers, the principals, whoever is in the schooling system is then required to notify the police so that an investigation can take place. We expect that um, we expect the Department of Health to have the same policy put through for the healthcare sector in the same reasons that Eventually, this pregnant child must go and give birth or they must go for checkups, etc. And somebody should then be able to pick up that this child is young um, and that a, an investigation should then ensue. Um, and a lot of people today assume that this is actually an existing policy or that uh, medical personnel are expected to report this. But it's not the case. Um, the patient-doctor privileges um, preclude doctors from being able to report uh, pregnancies of minors uh, to the police. And we think that that puts children at risk, but more than that, it perpetuates um, the hiding of the statutory rape um, that, that is so massive and proliferated in the country. Yeah, my understanding of the Department of Education policy on reporting of, of, of pregnancies in the school environment is that it's merely for statistical or data collection purposes and not necessarily uh, for the opening, formally opening of a case. And because it's merely just a policy and not a statutory obligation, that's to say there's no law that requires them to specifically do that if schools don't report pregnancies, which they often don't, it doesn't result in anyone getting arrested or dismissed or anything of that sort. Uh, it seems that this would have to be a law more than just a policy.
policy. I know that you guys are directing your petition specifically to the Department of Health and potentially then the, uh, the Minister of Health to introduce it as a policy. But should Parliament not be the correct uh, body to which this policy goes for the introduction of a, pol- of, a le- of a legislative debate so that this could become a law? Should they, it be transgressed, somebody goes to jail. Um, So we are informed by the Child Protection Act. And the Child Protection Act already makes provision um, for the reporting of these cases. Mm. However, as you know, in South Africa, you have a a complete policy incongruency uh, where one document says this and another document says something different. And what we are hoping to do is to... um, strengthen the law that is already existing because there is a law that already compels almost everyone in the country um, to actually report statutory rape, and, um, but we are not. Mm. So we, we're actually thinking if we can start with the healthcare sector because at the end of the day, even if um, like the Department of Health kind of currently makes the argument that these children will now not go to hospital, what will happen is that that child will have to give birth and whoever helps the child gives birth becomes a doula, which then makes them um, liable to inform the police. And even if it's the parent and they don't, and somebody down the street knows that this child was pregnant and has now given birth, they now have an obligation and can go to the police to go and report it. Yeah, I was about to ask that because it seems like the the the, the expansion of the this policy is that anyone who knows of a minor that is pregnant should go and report it, not just that it should be health professionals, because there's a real concern that if there's an obligation for health professionals to report it, that oftentimes uh, pregnant minors may refuse or be reluctant to seek health care when they're pregnant. And that is the conversation that I had with Kekeleta yesterday. Of course, there's more to it. And you can go find the rest of the conversation on our podcast platform at www.safm.co.za. Click on the podcast uh, tab and you'll scroll down. And the first one you'll see there is SAFM Sunrise. And you can listen to the rest of that conversation. But I want to pick up the conversation, the mediator conversation here on that last question. The potential impact this will have on uh, on pregnant minors seeking health care during pregnancy if they're hoping to avoid the situation of this becoming a criminal matter. I'm going to start off with Marion Stevens. She's a policy analyst and an academic uh, and the director of the Sexual and Reproductive Justice Coalition. Uh, Marion, thank you so much for your time this morning. I really, really do appreciate it. It sounds noble that every case of statutory rape should be investigated, but we live in a complicated society where rapists and uh, are often uh, protected even by families of victims uh, and pregnant minors are often told uh, taken out of school for instance should they be pregnant uh, uh, and it's not guaranteed uh, that the family even wants uh, the perpetrator to go to jail Uh, as a result I can imagine many families uh, withholding their pregnant minor uh, even the pregnant minor themselves just blatantly refusing uh, seeking health care during uh, pregnancy Uh, that has real implications on uh, the safety of the eventual labor uh, that may take place Uh, what are your thoughts on that marion 
seems like we don't have Marion uh, on the line with us. We'll try and reconnect with her. Advocate Brenda Madumisa, you and I have spoken many, many times about uh, statutory rape and ways we can uproot it, specifically amongst teachers and in the education system. But here we're talking about the healthcare system. Uh, the scenario that I described is one that you're familiar with. Uh, what What are your thoughts around that and the implication that this policy may potentially have on the safety of pregnant minors? Hi, good morning. I think we need to pause for a second in South Africa because for every problem or challenge that we think we have, we then want to resort to a policy that is just a policy statement that is not going to yield any results. So let's let's look at, at the whole issue of that what is 10 teenage pregnancies, but let's deal with um, um, under 16s who fall pregnant. And it, it's a clear-cut traditional rape. We don't even have to be debating it. what needs to happen. If we have the Children's Act that protects children in this country and that mandates and obligates all of us to report, then we need to ask ourselves why is it that we have the highest number of minors falling pregnant and there are no consequences. Because you're not going to solve this problem by having a policy that even the law gets ignored. And we have not asked ourselves the question, why is it that we as South Africans in our entirety have not been able to do right by the children? Mm. Because Mm. they are age, whether it's a teacher, whether it's a neighbor, whether it's a family member who, who knows that this child is 13 and has been sexually violated and fallen pregnant by an older person. No one, no one thinks it's correct and appropriate for them to approach law enforcement to lay, because it is a sexual rape. And, yeah. and for me, is we need to get to that point and ask ourselves, why is it that we fail to do that? And we mm. want to put the responsibility somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to bring you in, Marion. We do have you on the line. Now, what are your thoughts on that, that uh, pregnant minors may withdraw from seeking health care altogether uh, during pregnancy to avoid the eventuality uh, of their perpetrator or the father of their child who they may legitimately see as their boyfriend and not realize that they are being groomed, uh, may, may legitimately pull out of that and, and, and not seek health care, resulting in dangerous pregnancies. Uh, this this p- policy has the potential of resulting in that. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, thank you very much and good morning to you and your listeners. I I do think it's, um, we need to think carefully about this because um, health-seeking behavior of pregnant people, women in South Africa is generally very bad. Most women only come and book for their pregnancy after 20 weeks in the public sector. Wow. And then when we also look at um, abortion provision in South Africa, 50% of abortions are provided in the informal sector. So outside the sector, whether it's traditional healers or people that are just doing whatever they're doing. So I think that we have to look very carefully at the structural drivers and systemic issues that inform our policy environment and how problems are framed. Because even if we take minors out of the question, which is a devastating and a deeply concerning area for all women, 
the system is not working in terms of gender-based violence and in terms of sexual and reproductive health in enabling um, safe pregnancies, um, you know, access to abortion services or, you know, addressing our maternal health and maternal mortality. Yeah. To that, and, 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 and this is an important question, uh, statutory rape has to be reported. Um, it has to be investigated. Oftentimes, uh, teenagers and minors are failed in the education system where the perpetrators themselves are very often teachers uh, and, 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 and those pregnancies aren't always reported. And it, the figures always shock yeah. us when they come out uh, annually as released by the Department of Basic Education. Uh, is there, does the medical profession have to ask itself some tough normative questions about its responsibility and role that it plays in in, in, in justice, very specifically in rape? I think we need to look at the whole system. Health, the safety and security cluster, you know, policing, um, uh, schooling, everybody. I mean, yesterday we were having a discussion on our uh, WhatsApp group of the SRJC about this very issue and one of um, the members who is a health provider, abortion provider in the Western Cape was talking about a specific case that she had where a kid had come from a rural school, was living in a hostel, had been raped in the hostel, um, went to go and report it to the police and the police said, no, you must go talk it out with that person. And she is eight weeks pregnant this week, so she's coming into the city and this this provider is now safely trying to help her access an abortion. She's so scared, the last thing she wants to do is report and deal with hostile systems and all she wants is care. And so my colleague is providing her with care and some kind of rehabilitation after this awful ordeal. But she's not found any remedy or recourse in a carceral system which is going to report and police men or perpetrators. What needs to happen, I believe, is that we need to be, ha- we, we can't address, address patriarchy by punishing men, punishing men, punish. We have to start by having these conversations because our police system, our, our criminal justice system is not working. We need to sit down with, um, as mothers, we need to sit down with our sons, with sisters, with our brothers, with people, and to say, this is not okay. This is not on. We never accept this kind of behavior. And we need to take responsibility for all of ourselves, our communities, before we look at government. And we need to look at teaching our children, teaching our families, what is consent? Where can I touch you? Where can I hug you? Can I can I do this? Can I not do yeah. this? Yeah. And we're not having those conversations but no matter before how we much get you, to the wider system. No matter how much you may teach a minor about consent, it doesn't prevent that uh, bodily integrity from being violated. Yes, but it's a start. If you okay. tell your child... This is not okay. Do not touch me. Do not do that. This is, you know, they will know where their body begins and ends because maybe their body belongs to their family. Maybe when the uncle comes and visits, nobody has taught me that it's okay to say, no, uncle, Mm. don't touch me Mm. there. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. Mm. And and this is the safe auntie that I can go talk to. Mm. Mm. We're not 
putting those systems in our families. And there used to be systems there. And let me tell you, this happens across all cultures, all races. And the issue of this reporting is that it's going to widen inequality because privileged families, maybe um, families that have got means, uh, possibly white families, will ha have always gotten access to abortions or to contraception. Mm. And we're failing everybody. We're failing the, you know, if we don't provide, um, you know, why is it that our, our health services still only have Deprepavera in their cupboard and in the table, on the table for contraceptive options? Yeah. We need uh, to look at those systems. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come back to that. And I do think we need to have the contraceptive conversation uh, and, and, and de-link a little bit uh, from, from, from rape and statutory yeah. rape in particular, because I think both those are separate and important social issues uh, mm. from a public policy perspective that we do need to speak about. But we continue the conversation on the other side of this. Mediated conversation on SAFM. It is eight minutes to the top of the hour. You're listening to SAFM. It is the mediated conversation. Should medical professionals be obligated to report all pregnancies uh, of minors to the police so that an investigation can ensue and that rape and statutory rape can be prosecuted? I'm in conversation with Marion Stevens, Director for the Sexual and Reproductive Justice Coalition, as well as Advocate Brenda Madumise, the Director for the Collective Wise. Advocate Brenda Madumise, I want to ask you this. Oftentimes the state knows who the perpetrators of statutory rape, or they know of statutory rape incidents, right? Uh, because here's the thing. When a child gives, when a person gives birth in a hospital, oftentimes the record of the de the record on details of the of, of, of the parents are recorded by the hospital and depending on which hospital you are in, which is most hospitals, even public hospitals, there is a remote or satellite home affairs office to which you can go and get a birth certificate a day after giving birth. Um, when those things are recorded, it should become glaringly clear that, hey, there's an age disparity here which says that this is a case of statutory rape. Do we know if anything is done from that point of information collection before we even get to healthcare professionals <coughs> reporting it over? No, 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 uh, not at all. And I'll give you an example of the many cases that we are, we are working on. I mean, three years ago, we were approached by parents in the Northwest because they had a huge number of these young girls who were 13, 14 at the time when they gave birth and that they are 16 and they, they, they have babies. And so we went to meet with these young girls. And you would, you, we found that almost all of them did not, did not disclose the identity of who their father is, is right? Yeah. Uh, and that's when we decided to take up the work because you have a 13-year-old who was raped at 13 by an older man. And all of them, those young girls that we met with, the, the men were older. We are talking about 25-year-old, a 30-year-old. These were men who were in their area for doing work on, uh, for, on construction sites. So that the, 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 the details or the identity of the men are not found in 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 the best uh, document at all because they don't disclose those those that information. We had to get it from them and get consent from them to pursue a criminal and a civil uh, claim against those individuals because 
that's that, that's what we're doing. We we we're proceeding with, with with criminal, and we have asked the Department of Basic Education together with the Department of Women because you know once something becomes a a headline in in this country, now all of a sudden we need to have a a committee of some sort. So this year, the Department of Women decided to bring all the stakeholders who are working in these areas to find a common ground because we are all over the show. Everyone is pulling in different directions. So our response is very disparate. Yeah. Um, when- because we need to tackle it at, at, at that level where it's, 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 it's criminality and it's, 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 a civil, it's a civil action that you need to, you need to, you need to take. Yeah, you, you, you've been involved in a lot of rape cases as an attorney, uh, uh, Brenda. I, I, I want to then ask you this, and I've, I've never known, and it's quite embarrassing that such a rudimentary thing escaped me. There's a difference between statutory rape and rape. Statutory rape speaks specifically to age, but sometimes in statutory rape, and oftentimes in statutory rape, consent may have been present, but that doesn't negate the rape, right? Um, in that... In that instance, what is the legal, what is the judicial requirement uh, as far as the NPA and the police are concerned? Do they automatically investigate, arrest, investigate and prosecute when it's statutory rape? Or is it still that a case must be opened at a police station uh, by a non-police officer or at at least by an affected party for a arrest, investigation and prosecution to take place? So... And, and it's, it's a combination of things. It's sexual rape, we don't even have to be struggling with it, right? So we've got a 13-year-old who has, 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 is pregnant. But you, as, as a prosecutor or even the police, you don't know the identity of the individual. So once that, you are notified of it. And that's why you've got the Children's, Children's Act. You are notified of it and someone has to notify of it. An adult or, or a, a, a parent or a teacher must notify you of, of, of that, right? Yeah. And then, as the police, has, you've got an obligation then to investigate because you have to find out who this individual is, right? Once you have established, you are going to get a statement from that individual. You're going to get a statement from, from, from the young 13-year-old who will tell you exactly what happened and who, right, with who. You are not, you are not spending your time and effort on the act. You are spending your time and effort on establishing the identity, the identity of the person who might argue that they didn't know that the, this, this young girl was 13 or yeah. 14 or 12, right? And that's the work of the, of the, investigation, of the investigators to, to work on. And then the prose- prosecution must come in and have a, a clear conviction beca- uh, of, of, of the perpetrator because they have established that this individual was 25, the child is in grade nine or grade uh, grade seven, but you went ahead and you can't tell us it's because of her her size or her that she was tall or whatnot. Is that is the fact that she was she was young? Did you ever even ask that how old she was mm. when you 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 violated her? Mm. And mm. these are just the work that needs to be done. And and what you what we are finding is that no one is willing to do that work. Mm. Do we do we have enough statutory rape prosecutions in South Africa? Do we have any idea about what the numbers are? No, we don't. And and that's so, so if we to, if we take the number of the numbers that has been flouted since last year of how many rapes um, or, or teenage pregnancies we have, and that's that's what we are doing. We're extrapolating from all of that. In cases, and we are told sixty thousand girls 
um, are pregnant in the first date is the number. All these numbers are, 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 are bended around. We then have to extrapolate from that number. At what, at what age did these girls fall pregnant? Because mm. if they established that it was at the age of 12, 13, 14, that's what you and that's the word that we are pulling together so that we can have a, a, an approach that is unified and that is impactful uh, um, at the moment. Yeah. And, and, and just finally, Marion, I want to ask you this because it, it, it truly, truly is important. Do we have a public policy framework on statutory rape that is cross-sectoral? So across the Department of Education, across the Department of Social Development, across the Department of Health, police, uh, that speaks specifically in this instance to statutory rape. Can you give me an answer in 30 seconds? No, we don't. It's okay. all over the show. Okay, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much for that. I really, really do appreciate your time. Uh, Advocate Brenda Madumise, Marion Stevens, uh, really uh, important conversation. It's baffling that we still struggle with this. Yeah.